Welcome back. Hope you are enjoying your Memorial Day. Of course, on this day we remember those that made the ultimate sacrifice while serving in our armed forces. If you have a passion for history, a passion for honoring these men and women who gave their all, then the Gettysburg Guard is for you. It is a way to give back while celebrating your love of history. This episode will explain how you can get involved. But before we do that, we have to acknowledge the great work done by Civil War Trails as they mark those untold Civil War sites for you and I to explore. There are amazing Civil War sites in your area and Civil War Trails is marking them for you. Check them out at the link in the show notes. And now, uncase the colors, shoulder arms, and let's march into some untold Civil War. Tonight, I sit with the team behind the new honor guard dubbed the Gettysburg Guard, an organization preparing to honor the Civil War generation in one of the most unique ways. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you very much for having us. We appreciate it. Now, uh, I would like to just go around real quick. And if you could introduce yourselves and explain when the Civil War bug bit you. Uh, Ty, if you want to kick it off. All right. Hi, I'm Ty DeWitt. Know me better as 1863 Designs on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also a wonderful sponsor here of the Untold Civil War podcast. So Civil War bug bit me back in back in middle school. Uh, my grandma took me to a reenactment out in Rollsburg, Ohio. And that was a couple months before uh, middle schoolers took a, a trip out to Gettysburg. And on the way there, we watched uh, watched the movie Gettysburg, which is probably a big influence for all of us here. We got there and just watching that movie and being in the same environment, it just instantly clicked for me. So I've just been enthralled ever since. What about you, Steve? I think I was in like fourth grade when I think we started learning about it. And that's kind of when it when the bug bit me because I started Civil War reenacting when I was about. 13 or 14 because I wasn't old enough to carry a musket then so I convinced my parents to let me drum because I my dad had started teaching me how to play drums when I was about eight so it was kind of an easy stand-in till I was 16 to carry a musket but yeah I'd say about fourth grade is about when the bug bit me which I think is right around the time when the movie Gettysburg came out I'm sure that had something to do with it I don't recall specifically the movie Gettysburg driving it but yeah, and then finding out that I had ancestors that fought in the Civil War was obviously a huge thing, too. So, And Bill, last but not least, when did the Civil War bug bite you? I grew up in Monmouth County, New Jersey, which is big for the revolution. History has always been fascinating to me. And seventh grade, we had a community service project to paint a blacksmith shop, an old blacksmith shop. I went and I started reading stuff, and it's where guys formed up before they moved on to Trenton to join the Civil War. And I was hooked. I was done. That was it. Unfortunately, I was already out of high school when the movie Gettysburg came out, but that, that helped stoke the fire. And reading Gods and Generals, Killer Angels, all that stuff, it's kind of exploded from there. I would like to know, how did you all get together and, and meet? And then how did this idea of this honor guard come about? Well, Gettysburg being the mecca for all all Civil War busts, that, that's kind of how it, it came about. We all just all met each other there, you know, Gettysburg is that one place you can go to where it's all walks of life, different spectrums everywhere that we all have that common interest. And that, that's where I met these awesome gentlemen at. Yeah, I would say the guard started because we were looking at a way I had done reenacting previously and then had like a break in 
service, I'll call it, from reenacting while I was on active duty in the military and then for the first 10 years of being a cop. So I, I took a break, was looking to get back into it. Bill was already into it at that point. So we were talking about how we could potentially do something involved with the Remembrance Day Parade. And I was looking for a unit and I wasn't didn't really want to join some of the units that were out there. And I'm in Arizona now, so it's a little even more difficult for me. So uh, that's how we started talking. We had like the combined vision, if you want to call it that, of what a unit would look like and kind of what we wanted to do that was different from just reenacting and living history, which was the honor guard stuff. And with my experience being in an honor guard when I was in the military and then participating in the honor guard with the police department, it felt like it was the right fit. That's kind of how it started. And then it kind of took its own, it became its own monster. Definitely. Fielding a Bureau of Military Information unit this year. It'll be the first year out in the field. And I've recruited Ty and the three of us started talking. And, you know, Remembrance Day, it's a beautiful day in Gettysburg. But sometimes when the guys go down carrying the flag, sometimes it's the new guy. Sometimes it's the guy that doesn't have his kit all together. And that's not exactly what would happen during the Civil War. It was it was a spot of honor and bravery. So we wanted to up the game, so to speak, and put together a period correct, manual correct flag unit, color guard, honor guard, and uh, it kind of grew out of that. Bill, you uh, mentioned it a little bit, and I love to get into that. There are so many different reenacting groups out there with different goals. You know, Some of them are hobbyists that just like to get to the battlefield. Some of them are living history. They want to teach. So many different goals. What are the specific goals of this honor guard, and uh, how does it make it different from all the other units that are out there? Um, I could touch on it a little bit. So my military service is a little bit different than I guess what you would call conventional military service. I spent the predominant portion of my military career in special operations. Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at that, I've some unique experiences. I lost some friends overseas. I myself was shot overseas in Iraq once, and then I was shot in Afghanistan as well. So having ancestors that fought in the Civil War, there is a definite missing link in the Civil War community right now with how we honor the dead, in my opinion. So if you look at like burial details from guys that served in in the global war on terrorism, and then you kind of compare it to guys that are being reinterred in the Civil War, it's kind of missing that and not trying to knock anybody down that's participated in it, but it's missing some pieces to it it's missing the razor edge drill component the the snappiness of the uniform and just the overall professionalism that's in my opinion required to honor people that are being buried that have fought and died for their cause whether that's union or confederate so essentially the the short-term goal is to field a full strength what would be a full strength color guard for a civil war unit so it's essentially the two color sergeants, which would be Ty and Bill, and then you'll have um, approximately 10 color corporals. So they'll have, we'll have two ranks of essentially four. So there'll be uh, four files of two and then file closers in the back with myself as the detachment leader in the back. So what we're doing is we're looking to, because no one, you don't really see when you go to like football games and you see the colors rendered, you see two color bears and then they're flanked by the color guards itself so there's about four so we're trying to field a full strength 
color guard so everyone can see what that really looks like with file closers. We are also going to kind of be a cross between stepping out of the 61 manual and some of the modern day stuff because we're not limiting ourselves just to Civil War stuff. That's going to be the primary focus of the guard, but we're not limiting ourselves to participating in color presentations, whether that would be, you know, at Gettysburg College or one of the surrounding high schools for football games or for conferences and stuff like that. So there's a bunch of different things that we could get into, uh, the Civil War being the primary focus, but the the short-term goal of a long-term project of honoring Civil War veterans and, and veterans of America's foreign wars, it kind of starts with the drill portion of it and then the uniform portion of it, because that's what people are going to see and that's what they're going to remember. Maybe we should have mentioned this in the beginning, but I just thought, uh, is there's a way to describe what a color guard honor guard is for somebody who maybe not know much about the military or these sort of traditions in paramilitary organizations such as the police department? What is that? What is an honor guard? Color guard and honor guard are kind of used interchangeably, and they're kind of two different things. A color guard essentially was born out of the Napoleonic Wars where you had colors, flags, that were essentially used to identify units, but it was predominantly used by the line-level rank-and-file guys to figure out where the unit was at because in the chaos of battle and with all the smoke from the from the black powder rifles that were being used during the Napoleonic era up through the Civil War, which is considered the first modern war, it becomes very confusing on the battlefield. So they have these large standards, not the three-by-five flags that you see flying around at football games or NASCAR races when people are tailgating. They're, they're huge beacons for guys to see where that unit is at. So color guards were essentially the guys that were the way that they were initially established was to protect the colors of the unit because the colors were a source of pride. It was the unit integrity. It represented the unit in battle. It was the thing that people identified the unit with when they saw it and didn't know who the individual soldiers were. When you get to the honor guard portion, the honor guard portion is essentially a color guard that is now rendering honors for people, mainly for funeral services. So or internment services. When you see guys get buried and the flags getting folded, that's a color guard that's acting in an honor guard capacity. Police departments or the military will call an honor guard, which are the guys that are doing funeral details and stuff like that in honor guard because they're rendering honor, but they're really coming out of the color guard, which the color guard are the guys that are protecting the colors or presenting the colors where there's not an honor that's occurring. So they're kind of interchangeable. It's kind of nuanced with how you look at it, but essentially that's that's kind of the difference between Color Guard and Honor Guard and how it started and what it is. 1863 Designs is producing these Civil War nerd stickers you will need to decorate your computer, binders, and lockers just in time for summer classes. Get your stickers at the link in the show notes and use the code UNTOLD to get 15% off. Perfect, perfect. Now, I know that in the Civil War, there were so many uniforms. I know Ty probably knows my favorite unit was the 79th New York Highlanders. So I, <laughs> I love, uh, you know, the kilts and the plaid trousers and everything. There's so many different uniforms. Maybe Ty, you want to dig into this. What kit are you guys going to be wearing exactly? Is it going to be based off the U.S. regulars? Will it be based off a, a Pennsylvania unit? So that was the idea going into this. What uniform are we representing? Across our minds very freely at the beginning, uh, do we do a Pennsylvania unit? We very quickly dismissed that. We're like, no, we're going to do this right out of the 1861 manual. 
So our uniforms are based off that mod model 1858 pattern with the hardy hats, uh, nine button frocks with the blue trim, trousers, and a uh, nice shiny brogans, epaulets and all. For our, for our our only distinction would be with our badge that I Steve or myself can go into later on, and that with our hardies instead of having the you know usual one inch brass letter for one company we had the double g for the case regard that's the main distinction for our uniform we also have that badge which is being graciously worked on by the badge maker uh joe he has been phenomenal in helping us out with that yeah, i that was i was just gonna say i might know a guy that uh, could do that for you but uh... yeah shameless plug for the badge maker because he has gone above and beyond working yeah, with he has. the badge maker you see, it's not just me. If you are trying to get into the world of reenacting, he is the guy you have to know. Reach out to him for all your Civil War impression needs. Link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. And one more for uh, Guy Gain from Old Timey Rags. He's, he stepped up his game to help us out, and he's been he's being our supplier for our uniforms, frocks, uh, school arsenal trousers. He did our uh, chevrons for me and Bill with the uh, the silk chevrons and those turned out phenomenal so we are super excited to see what he does for us one more plug i gotta say dirty billy is doing a great job as always with our hardies he yes takes care of us within 10 minutes we tell him hey it's what we need he does it right there in front of us so he's our supplier for our hardies so we've, we've already got a nice foothold with uh, suppliers and partnerships going forward with that a couple questions you know myself being an infantry guy i gotta ask what about the uh firearms will you be carrying uh, we're going to do 1861 Springfields. Uh, myself and Bill won't, obviously won't be using those <laughs> in the capacity. We'll have the flags and whatnot, but uh, 1861 Springfields is what we're going to uh, go for. And the colors, will they be the modern colors, or are you going to go Civil War? We are going to try to have two sets, uh, two sets a modern set and then a 1861 set. So the national colors, 6 by 6 for 1861, uh, we're going to go for a Philadelphia Depot which uh, distinguish those from the others. They're the ones with the, the circular oval star pattern. And then, of course, the uh, regimental colors, the blue colors with the uh, Union Eagle in the middle. Now, I'm not sure who wants to tackle this question, but I understand that you want to be accredited by the old guard, you know, the 3rd U.S. Infantry uh, that does ceremonies in Arlington. Uh, my own gr grandfather is buried in Arlington, and I got to witness that but he was air force so it was a little different but how do you get accredited by them how does that work uh, is there a process do you apply do they have to come out and watch you perform your duties how does that work yeah it's kind of a pretty stringent process and it kind of goes into the kind of caveat off of ty's comments about the having two different sets of colors so if we're doing honor guard stuff or color guard stuff that's specific to the civil war then we would be using the period correct philadelphia depot flag but if we're branching outside of a civil war style event and we're doing like a burial with the vfw or american legion or we're participating at something in arlington uh it would have to be the current national standard so that's why we're looking at having both which is kind of why the drill will be a little bit of both so with the old guard uh, i didn't realize that there was an accreditation process i i know i served with a guy when i was in the military that's over there currently and i had some guys uh, that were above me when I was coming up through the ranks of Ranger Regiment uh, that were old guards prior to being an NCO over me. So the guard is the guard, right? So it's they they are the dudes when it comes to 
um, any kind of honor guard or color guard stuff. So there's like an application process. There's a whole lot of vetting that goes on. The thing with the old guard, if you look at like military heraldry is everything has a meaning. Everything that we did to include the name Gettysburg Guard and the motto of the unit, all of that stuff gets looked at, what it means, why we're doing what we're doing, um, even to the point where we came up with what we call the badge of the guard. So the tomb guard has what they call the tomb the tomb guard badge. So those are individually numbered guys that pass their guard inspection and that participate as part of the tomb guard. They then earn an, a specifically numbered badge, which is huge for those guys. So we, we had to come up with that kind of stuff. So it starts with getting your name looked at and all of the meanings behind everything. Uh, so you got to have kind of an answer for everything. You can't just kind of wing it and fake it as you make it, make stuff up as you go. The other side of that then is there's like a uniform inspection. So the way that obviously people remember the old guard has uh, the Revolutionary War style uniforms for one of their platoons. So that's straight out of a manual. So if you want to be looked at by the old guard or accredited with the old guard it has to follow one of the united states army manuals that's why we're utilizing the 1861 manual because we're trying to target specifically civil war era stuff um, so that's why we talked that the uniform for us specifically when it comes to the uniform inspection portion of the accreditation process would be strictly the 1861 manual and then there's an evaluation process for the movements. So they, they don't tell you what movements they're going to test on because you're expected to kind of know the different functions of different honor guard stuff. So some of the stuff that we will do will be specific to the 61 manual, but there's also because we're branching and we're trying to be accredited completely as an honor guard or a color guard, that would be right out of the Army's training circular TC3-21.5, which is drill and ceremonies. So there's some stuff that we're going to have kind of have to cross between the two because there's some modern ceremonies that they didn't do back in 1861 that we're going to have to be versed in. It's like a three-headed three-headed monster when it comes to accreditation. So it's a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of training, and a lot of just paying attention to detail, honestly. As the veterans of the Lafayette Post 140 of the Grand Army of the Republic gathered at their annual meeting, they looked at each other. Gray-haired and cane-reliant, they realized there had to be a way to immortalize their memory and those who passed before them. What about Military Images Magazine, said one of the members. Send them our portraits to be preserved for years to come. See their portraits. Read their stories. Link to Military Images Magazine in the show notes. How many people do you plan to have in this unit? Is this it, or are you opening the ranks to others? We are open to anybody and everyone. So we have an auxiliary, um, as Bill kind of alluded to in the beginning, uh, we've kind of got different branches of the guard. So there's the honor guard portion, which is the the main focus. There's a living history portion for people that want to do that unique, specific Bureau of Military Information impression with Bill, which will be a BMI impression from 63 to the end of the war. And it'll be a 17th U.S. impression prior to the formation of the BMI. Ty is going to run a North-South Skirmish Association shooting team. So a couple of different aspects within the guard, but the honor guard being the main focus the big thing for us is we're a nonprofit and we're not asking people to basically leave their reenacting unit to come to us because the honor guard function is going to be different from we're not going to, you know, Camp Geiger in Allentown as the Gettysburg Guard honor guard. If we're going to participate in a living history event, it would fall in lines with the living history wing 
of what the guard organizational umbrella is. So it'll either be BMI or 17th US. But if you don't want to do that impression, then you're more than welcome to stay with your unit. If you want to do the honor guard stuff, because should we pass the accreditation process, we're going to have the ability or the access to do some very special things in some very special places that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. So if that's something that interests people, we'll take them. And as long as we can put them through our honor guard academy so that we can certify them so that we know comfortably that when it, when it comes time to get tested, that we can meet that accreditation process, come on out. Like we're, we have an auxiliaries for people that can't do the honor guard for whatever reason, but want to participate and be a part of it. So we'll take anybody that wants to, to participate, anybody that wants to honor the, the service members that fought and died during the civil war, you know, hit us up on social media, shoot us an email. Ty's got all that stuff memorized. Cause I surely do not. <laughs> But yeah, hit us up. We'll take anybody and everyone. We're not limiting it. Nobody's excluded. The only requirement to be part of the Honor Guard is you have to get through our Honor Guard Academy. That's it. Yeah, we, we don't want to steal people from other units. We, like like C said, we're not, the Guard portion is not a field unit. We're going to be for special events, uh, special parades like Remembrance Day or special ceremonies so that you can go and do your normal unit. But when these special events rise up, hey, come on out join our ranks uh we're looking for that base 10 corporals that, that's the number we want to try to have at every single one of those unit uh events that we're part of we're hoping to get the full color company at, at some point in time other down the road but as long as we have this base 10 for those uh ceremonies that's that's what we're, our number goal is and uh some of this stems from uh older units that have not exactly folded but when they show up to a parade there's two guys they show up to an event there's three guys you know their units has just went by the wayside if you've already invested in the gear, the tent, the rifle, the uniform, and you want to come with the, the Bureau of Military Information, or when we do the U.S. regulars, more than welcome. We also have a civilian side to it. We, we have a civilian nurse that happens to be my wife, and she's actually a nurse. But um, uh, And our other two members of the auxiliary, Beth and Maria, are doing uh, civilian impressions within the camp when, when we do things. Um, so there is... As Steve mentioned, there is something for everyone to do with this. It should be fun. And some of the events this year, because we're just starting out, our, the three of our schedules aren't going to line up, especially with Steve being in Arizona and stuff. So uh, the first, well, I guess there's two reenactments in Gettysburg this year. Steve and I are going to do the first one with the six New Hampshire guys. We, we've gotten invited to hang out with them. They've been more than welcoming and accommodating. Are you trying to get into the hobby of collecting Civil War relics? Not sure where to start? Visit the Excelsior Brigade, dealers in the finest Civil War relics. I shop with them, and so should you. Find the letters of a Confederate soldier captured at the wilderness, or ID'd images of Civil War surgeons and hospital stewards, and much, much more. Link in the show notes. We've heard a little bit about the uh, Honor Guard, Color Guard portion, and I know you mentioned uh, BMI. Uh, for those who might not know what that was, can you explain exactly that sort of impression and who they were during the Civil War? So maybe if someone is more interested in that aspect, uh, Bill, would you like to explain that? Sure. The Bureau of Military Information uh, came about in early 60, 1863. Colonel Sharp then became General Sharp. Uh, it, it essentially replaced the Intelligence Bureau of the Union Army uh, that was done by the Pinkerton Association, that uh 
you know, people talk about McClellan math when, when they would overinflate Confederate numbers and with, with all the commander changes at the Army of Potomac and the overall Army, the one good thing upon other than winning the war, but the, the centralized information system. So that supplied spies within the Confederates, civilian spies, telegraph networks. It's, it's, it's actually fascinating. And, you know, some guys don't want to load up on powder and go shoot at a, an event. So we're going to infiltrate the Confederate camp and see what we can get. You know, we have, uh, there's a detachment of U.S. engineers that we work with that are going to provide uh, topographical maps. We're going to analyze the maps, place enemies on it, and present it to the command staff of the event. I guess it's uh, double nerding because you're already a nerd for being in, in doing this, and now you're going to do engineering and spying, and it's 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 great. It's it's something for everyone, and hopefully, hopefully, it works out. Well, I would say it seems to me that. In all aspects, this is very unique. I haven't heard of anything of a, a unit or reenacting unit like this before. This seems very, very unique. Yeah, that's a plan to be to be separate from the other ones out there. Something a little, a little bit more of a unique experience, not only for us and our members, but for uh, the audience, spectators, getting a, a, a fresh view and a, a more in-depth know-all of the Civil War and how it worked. And we want to educate the public. It's easy to educate it at, at a reenactment or with uh, infantry guys, you know, or artillery or cavalry. That's not all that happened. So we, we like the deeper dive stuff, which, I mean, the three of us were in the triangular field a couple months ago at Gettysburg. It was cold as all get out. And we deep dove three or four different things for hours. And, and that's what we like to do. And if that's something you like to do, then we're your guys. How many times have I walked into work and been told that I have to check out this new true crime TV show or new horror movie? I can't get into it, and thank goodness for History Fix, the streaming service for us history nerds. I just enjoyed watching Custer's Strategy of Defeat, a deep dive into the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Find similar programs at the link in the show notes. Well, just for anyone who might not know anything about uh, reenacting, maybe they've only visited and and seen the reenactment but never participated, uh, what what is your message to them? How would you encourage them to come join the unit? I know the unit is all open, but is there anything specific about reenacting, especially in this unit, that you think will give people a better understanding of the Civil War and also give back to their community? Well, uh, first and foremost, we want to make sure we educate our members first and have them be able to educate the general public. There's really no limit as to where we can go with the living history side. Well, for lack of a better word, it's endless. It it really is endless. So if there's anyone that has an interest, we will be participating at several events this year. Uh, As Steve mentioned, Camp Geiger, which is in the Allentown area, the last uh, weekend of April, Steve and I will be participating in the PCWA event at Gettysburg. Uh, we will be at Spangler Farm uh, the third weekend in July. Uh, you know, we already have some pretty cool stuff set up. And if you're in the area or shoot us an email that I don't remember what it is either, Ty does, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you. And, you know, hopefully we can get the priority is to get the, the color corporals for the guard. But anybody yeah, willing to come. And to touch on what Bill's saying, I think 
you know, the recruitment pitch for the living history side is the BMI had every branch of the military represented within it. So if you're into cavalry, if you're into infantry, if you're in artillery, if you're into portraying your civilian, um, there's a spot for you with that BMI. So it's, it's specific. The other thing that we're not tying people to is, Hey, if you want to come to an event and do the living history side at an event, like a reenactment. So say like the one sixtieth Gettysburg would be a good example where they're going to have living history set up. If you want to educate people on the living history side for the BMI, but you also want to go part participate in, and I'm not going to call the PCWA's event a powder burning event because I think they're doing a really good job at trying to stay within specific scenarios. So it represents, in my opinion, what Civil War reenactment should be, which is a close representation of the actual maneuvers and combat that occurred. And that's why it's important for us to have the relationships that we do with the other units where we're not trying to exclude membership. Come to us because we would like to be the jump off point for you to figure out what you really like. And if it's not a BMI impression that you really like and you want to go fall in with the 11th Ohio Cavalry or, you know, the 96th Pennsylvania or, what you know, you name the Civil War reenacting unit, hopefully we have a relationship with that group that we can push you in the right direction. So if you don't know, at least come to us and let us help you get started and, and put a foot in the door in the right direction. And it's a community-driven organization. So if you decide that you don't really want to do the BMI, but you want to do something else, we'll help you get there. It's we're here, we're here to help people, even if they decide that, you know, the BMI or the 17th US or the honor guard isn't really for them. If they want a foot in the door, hopefully it comes across that we're all pretty approachable. Sometimes I don't come across as approachable as I would like to, but that's just me, I guess. So, uh, yeah, come on out. We have a spot for you. Whatever you're interested in, we can we can plug a hole. And if it's not with us, we'll find somebody for you to fall in with. Yeah, to, to bounce off that a little bit, we, we want you to use us, like Steve said, as a jump-off point. I mean, if you want to come to an event and do the BMI and, and learn that side of it, but you want to go out and be in the field, too, we have connections with several units, including the 6th New Hampshire, that you can go out and do that. You can be in camp when the battle's not going on, helping educate and being a part of the BMI. But if you want to go out in the field, we've got units. You just jump out in the field and start, start firing away if you want to. We're doing something that is focusing on aspects of the war that really isn't out there today. I mean, yeah, during parades, you got guys with the colors, but there's really nobody doing it to a T by the manual, wearing what you're supposed to be wearing and formations and knowledge that you're supposed to have for doing that kind of stuff. And it, it just offering, you know, that little bit of extra knowledge, a little more of a deep dive. I mean, there's nobody out there really doing BMI stuff and learning all the ins and outs of the spy network and the intelligence network. So it's just a little more of that unknown, untold civil war, as to say. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's great. I mean, I'm I'm pumped for good, this. Ty. You know, that was uh, good. I, I love it. I love it. I, you know, just out of curiosity, Ty, um, have you reached out to and are you guys reaching out to any other organizations? Will you be working close with the Sons of Union Veterans, for example, or, or anything like that? We've had some contact with. Um, some members, we're hoping to get into contact with them, uh, work with the Gaysburg Foundation, work with the National Park Service to, to be, be that unit that they can go to if they want to help portray something or help educate on a certain event or a certain unit or that kind of stuff. We, we also really have discussed at length some of the lesser known sites, you know, Gettysburg, Antietam, Fredericksburg, everybody knows them. But we, we really like and want to help other places third winchester stuff like that 
but out of the way, small battlefields, you know, we, preservation of battlefields is, is part of our uh, program. Uh, if, if we can help them in any way, shape or form, we certainly will. Absolutely. Any, any money we bring in from, from grants, from, from donations, that kind of stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't go to us. We don't get any monetary uh, compensation out of this. It's, it's all going towards preservation, helping to educate the public. We, we want to be able to go down to like Cedar Creek help those other foundations out. We want to help out the big MPS sites. That, that's very important. We want to help out the smaller foundations. Like, like I said, Cedar Creek is, 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 a, is a perfect example. Um, and there's other ones, especially out West. The Western theater does not get enough love. I mean, I think you guys really nailed it on the, the head there. I, I hit the nail on the head. Um, I mean, I'm listening to you guys and now I'm like, I, I want to enlist right now myself, you know? <laughs> well, Ty, how, how can people learn more about the organization? I know they're going to be uh, flocking you now uh, with applications, <laughs> but how, how can people uh, get to know more? Are you on social media, Facebook? Is there an email or website? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, primary place you can hit us up on is Instagram or Facebook uh, at the Gettysburg Guard. Um, BMI.1863 is the BMI's website there on Instagram. Uh, you can email us at gettysburggard.recruitment for any recruitment questions or any questions uh, specifically about wanting to join any aspect of the Guard. Thank you so much for for coming on the show, guys. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about this topic and especially uh, filling this void in the Civil War community that's been there for so long. I'm glad you guys stepped up to the plate. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thanks for Thank having you. us. We appreciate it. We absolutely appreciate it. It really means a lot to us. Thank you for listening while you visited the graves of our nation's fallen soldiers, flipped hot dogs on the grill, robbing the banks at St. Albans, stealing locomotives in Georgia, or whenever you listen to podcasts. As I stated, on Memorial Day, we think of those men and women who served and made the ultimate sacrifice. But we must not forget also those veterans who have returned home and who need access to the proper resources to see them thrive here stateside. Polar does just that. Donate to their cause or sign the veteran in your family up for one of their excursions. Link in the show notes. And of course, please visit the YouTube channel. We've got a recent episode on there telling the tale of a deserter of the Irish Brigade. Watch the episode and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Can we make a thousand YouTube subscribers before the end of the year? Maybe with your help, all the best, and I hope you tune in next time for our next episode.